When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, a U.S. policy advisor discusses the economic fallout from the coronavirus. Privately, some um, academics I speak with, with some knowledge, think China's actually in a recession now. So China won't be able to sustain that high level of growth with U.S. companies starting to back out. And when that happens, they won't have as much money to spread their influence around the world. Have you ordered your bottle of Carbon 60 yet? The mighty Aphrodite and I have been taking a tablespoon of this miracle molecule suspended in olive oil for a few months now. We're taking the purest form of C60. It's called ESS60, and it's produced by our friends at C60Evo.com. C60 in oil is a powerful antioxidant that moves through the body like a magnet to attract and neutralize free radicals. It can slow down aging and reduce cellular damage. C60 can improve the immune system and reduce inflammation naturally. Often we hear about improved vision and substantially keener mental focus. The mighty Aphrodite and I are sleeping much better. We're both pain-free, no joint stiffness or back pain. And that's why I call Carbon 60 the miracle molecule. It's great for us humans and it's great for our pets. To order, go to c60evo.com. That's c60evo.com slash ref slash rs1. Again, to order your bottle of ESS60, go to c60evo.com slash R-E-F-R-S-1. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday, the last day of skiing for my boys. So as you listen to this, they're on the slopes and I'm nursing a hot chocolate near a fireplace in the chalet. Don't forget... I'll be hosting Coast to Coast AM this coming Saturday, March 7th, and Sunday, March the 8th. Professor Michael Bussler is here to discuss the panic that is spreading faster than the coronavirus itself and the impact this is having on the global economy. 
Michael Bussler, Ph.D., is a public policy analyst and a professor of finance at Stockton University, where he teaches undergraduate and graduate courses in finance and economics. He's written op-ed columns in major newspapers for more than 35 years. Dr. Michael Bussler, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. The Dow Jones, the worst week since the financial crisis. The stock market is being clobbered with the coronavirus scare. The question yeah. is, though, these pandemics, the panic caused by these pandemics, usually short-lived on the stock market. Is it different this time? Uh, no, I don't think so. Now, one of the variables will be we don't know how long uh, this coronavirus problem uh, will last. And in the U.S., we're not sure how severe it it will be. So far, uh, it's been relatively mild. There's only about 60 cases uh, in the U.S., 42 of which came from a, a cruise ship. So there's only um, a minimal number. And if we keep that down and the uh, impact is not lasting very long, which is what we're hoping happens, the um, impact on the stock market will be very short-lived. So for the entire week, the stock market was down well over 2,000 points, uh, in fact, approaching 3,000 3, points. We would call that a market correction. Um, now, the market was not really due for a correction, so why did it drop that much? Well, um, once this coronavirus got out and uh, it left China and started to going to some other uh, countries, South Korea, uh, Italy, and uh, the fear was that it may spread and it may have some uh, very devastating effects on world economies, and that includes, of course, the U.S. economy. So if it did have devastating effects on the economy, it means the economy would go into a recession, corporate profits would plummet, and then stock prices would fall. So in anticipation of that possibility, investors said, look, I better sell now because this could turn into a worldwide pandemic, in which case stock prices will be significantly lower, so I better sell now. And that's what caused it to drop this week. Now, let me say, past corrections, and a correction is defined as if the market drops at least 10% in value. So it's got to go down about 2,900 points. I think we're about there uh, now. But if you look at the past corrections, three to six months later, the market is usually back up to where it was before. So the drops uh, can be steep, but usually the length of them uh, is not real long, especially in this case where from an economic and business standpoint, there's no fundamental reason why stocks should be falling unless that uh, virus turns out to be more, more severe. It turns out that it's less severe and we get this under control, which is likely to happen once the weather warms. I'm told that uh, viruses like this survive only in cold weather. In warm weather and indeed very hot weather, they simply can't can't survive. Now we're a couple months away, the northern hemisphere uh, from that. So I think that would be the worst case in terms of how long we'd have to worry about this. But if it turns out it's relatively short-lived, you'll see the stock market bounce back relatively quickly. It seems to me that there is an element here also of, of this uh, fanning the flames of this of this panic. For example, uh, Goldman Sachs is predicting zero earnings growth for domestic companies in 2020. Surely that is going to feed into this panic. Absolutely. And that's um, a, a really a, a severe overreaction. The economy, most economists before the coronavirus thought the economy in 2020 would be slowing down somewhat from last year. I don't think so. I think because the Federal Reserve 
realized that they, they raised interest rates from the end of 2016 to the end of 2018 eight times, and they were sort of choking growth. So in 2019, they realized they made a mistake. They reduced interest rates three times. They stopped shrinking the money supply and indeed started putting some reserves back in. And given the uh, tax structure and that uh, in- input from monetary policy, I thought the economy would actually grow a little bit faster this year than it did last year. Unless a pandemic hits and the world goes into a severe recession or worse, I think U.S. corporate profits will be up this year. I don't really understand the forecast that uh, J.P. Morgan Chase made. Also, the CDC talking about we need to prepare for serious disruptions in our daily lives, canceling large public events, possibly closing schools or at least dividing classrooms up into smaller units, maybe more online classes again. And also the media. If one didn't know better, one would suggest that some people would like to see a recession. Well, I I certainly don't hope that's the case. I will share your view that oftentimes it looks like that. What the current administration's view is, let's prepare for the worst. So we have our Centers for Disease Control that are experts in looking into this. We just set set up within the last year or two in anticipation of things uh, like this and infectious diseases division. So they're right on top of this and they should be able to contain uh, any kind of problems that we have. However, as I said, we should be prepared for the worst the worst case. But the likelihood of those things happening, having to cancel public events and cut down on school classrooms and go to online class, the likelihood of that happening is extremely low now. So we'll be prepared for things in the future. Let me say in the, in the U.S., there's been approximately 60 cases of the uh, coronavirus. 42 of them came from that ship that we allowed to dock here. So there's only really 18 cases, roughly, that have come from this coronavirus. Now, the scary part is we don't know how it's spreading, and we don't know how to, how to stop it. So that is where really all the uncertainty and panic comes from. However, U.S. drug manufacturers have already developed a vaccine for this. Now, the FDA won't let them uh, bring it to the market until it goes through testing and make sure it works, what are the side effects, what are the interactions, et cetera. But we've got something that can fix this. So the most likely scenario, I think, is the CDC keeps this under control, keeps the number of uh, cases relatively low, and we're able to get through this. You you know, um, for the last 10 years, the regular flu in the U.S., kills about 36,000 people a year and has done that in each of the last 10 years. So, so um, not to belittle this problem, um, and it could be severe, but there's no reason to panic yet, although everybody's right, let's become as prepared as we possibly can. One of the issues we're running into here is American companies have outsourced a lot of production to, to China and a lot of things like surgical masks. So, um, What's happening is I heard there were there was actually some surgical masks in transit to the U.S. The Chinese government told them to turn around and bring the masks back because they need so, so many there. Now in the U.S. here, we're starting to see some shortages of surgical masks. I don't have any data on, on this, but I do know I talked to a, local, uh, a few local pharmacies, and they said we're out of surgical masks, and we don't know when we're getting any more in. Uh, now, it's that also becomes very uh, well publicized, that will create a little more panic and things will get 
um, a little worse. But at this point, I think Americans should just become as well prepared as possible and not panic and let's let this thing play out. So we can take all the precautions we can over here and we could yeah. uh, prevent, you know, further spread of the contagion. But there is the situation on the ground in China. And, of course, uh, U.S. companies are very dependent on Chinese suppliers, Caterpillar. And that's one of Donald Trump's sort of favorite benchmarks in terms of the economy, yes, yes. you know, is Caterpillar. Uh, um, a Foxcom, uh, a major uh, producer yep. for Apple. These sorts of things are being affected yep. as as uh, uh, workers simply are not showing up or they're quarantined in China. So that becomes then the serious issue as far as I can tell. Absolutely right. And in fact, uh, they're, they're trying to restart these factories that have been shut down, but you accurately point out that many workers can't get to their jobs because they're in quarantine and that's gonna start uh, stall things. But keep in mind, the quarantine is only a two week period. If you haven't gotten it in the two week period, then it's okay. So it, it, it'll take a little time uh, to get things back um, in, in China. Um, part of the problem we have is we don't get completely accurate information of the Chinese government. So we're not 100% sure uh, what's happening. But from the data they have released, the spread of the virus has slowed significantly. It's still spreading, but it has slowed significantly. Um, and the, the number of people that uh, fatalities here are still going up, but not quite as quickly as a, uh, a rate as they were before. So maybe it's starting to um, subside a little bit. The warm weather is starting to come too, and that will help as this virus needs cooler weather to uh, survive. So I, I don't think right now there's any need to panic. I don't see any catastrophes uh, hitting the U.S. or uh, really the world. Now, China's going to get clobbered by this, and they were clobbered before because of the uh, uh, trade war that's been going on. So they're, they're going to get hit hard. But for most of the rest of the world, I don't think there's any uh, reason to panic. And certainly in North America here, um, I don't see any reason to uh, panic yet. Let's just be as prepared as possible. Let this play out and we'll see what happens. What kind of impact is this going to have on American uh, airlines, hotels, luxury retailers, entertainment venues with all of the, the slowdown in Chinese tourism? And they spend apparently something around uh, $6,500 per person. Tourism from China to the U.S. predictably down 75%. This is going to clobber those, those kind of places. The airline industry is getting clobbered by this. The cruise ship industry will really get clobbered by this. Um, and the tourism industry, as you mentioned, is down significantly and they'll get that, uh, clobbered by this. Um, I live in New Jersey near Atlantic City. Um, Atlantic City depends on a lot of Asian tourism in the colder weather to keep things going. So uh, the casinos down here, I know, are going to take somewhat of a, a, a hit too. And those are things that you can't replace. I mean, it's not like if Apple says, look, uh, I don't have the iPhone this month. You'll come back next month and buy the, the iPhone. But with entertainment, you say, look, I'm not going out to, to dinner. Or I'm not going down to the casino. Or I'm not going to any kind of entertainment. Uh, it's gone. <laughs> so uh, you may do something else in subsequent months, but once you've missed the time, it's gone. So those industries, I think, are really going to get hurt by this. And with the supply chain, and, and is this going to have an effect on 
the way people perceive globalism. I mean, if many people look at what's happening right now is in the Trump era, in the Brexit era, this titanic struggle between the nation state and the globalists. And uh, one maybe could argue uh, that that this is actually going to prop up the sort of the anti-globalist uh, view of, of the world order in terms of uh, the disruption of supply chains. And maybe pe- maybe companies will rethink that. Excellent point. So um, many U.S. manufacturers went to China uh, because the labor costs were so low. They have a very productive uh, labor force. Uh, so labor costs were, were low to the, the firm. It was much less expensive to make products over there. In fact, it was so much less expensive. Many companies moved all of their production there. Well, now they're seeing maybe, maybe single sourcing, put all our, our production in China is maybe not the best way to go. There's going to be some uh, trade issues that are going to have to get resolved. This president is standing up um, to every nation and saying, look, we, we want fair trade deals. Uh, for whatever reason, every one of the trade deals the U.S. has with everybody is slanted in favor of our trading partners and to the detriment of the U.S. So President Trump is uh, standing up to that, but it is creating some uh, problems with China. So you're the uh, companies saying, look, um, maybe all the production in China is not such a good idea. We've already seen some companies start to move to Vietnam and Thailand. What this will do, I think, is have American companies start to look at bringing production back into the U.S. Now you say, well, how are they going to do that? The labor costs are 10 times higher. And that's true. So what will happen is they'll bring the manufacturing back and it will be a capital intensive manufacturing facility. In other words, it'll be done with robots and artificial intelligence and very little uh, labor. That's the only way they're going to be able to compete. Fortunately, when Congress cut taxes in 2018, not only did they cut taxes for the middle class to boost spending, they also cut taxes for the upper class and corporations, which creates new capital. Now they have plenty of capital, so when the manufacturing comes back and it'll all be capital intensive, there's capital available to do that. So I think they'll start bringing some jobs back. They'll start manufacturing here in the U.S., and they'll use all the latest techniques with uh, robots and things, and it will change the way they look at manufacturing in China. More of my conversation with Dr. Michael Busler when Conspiracy Unlimited returns. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. I want to welcome a brand new sponsor to Conspiracy Unlimited, and I couldn't be more proud to be associated with the good people at Hero Soap. It's owned by veterans, and their products are outstanding. Their soaps contain no chemicals, dyes, or fragrances, and they come in these really cool resealable packages. So you can take your soap with you on the road instead of using those gross hotel soaps or take it camping. I'm using the Peppermint Cool Soap, And the moment I started lathering up, I felt a cool, refreshing, and tingly wave wash over me. I felt more clean, more refreshed, 
more alive. And not only does my body feel refreshed, I feel good on the inside, knowing that the Hero Soap Company supports veterans. Sign up for the hassle-free monthly auto ship and you'll never run out of quality natural soap again. And you'll save 10%. Plus, for every soap purchased through the subscription, one soap is sent to deploy troops around the world for free. If you want to get clean and feel refreshed and support veterans all at the same time, check out Hero Soap at HeroSoapCompany.com. HeroSoapCompany.com. Look for the banner ad at strangeplanet.ca slash conspiracy show and in the episode notes for this podcast. Hero Soap. Let freedom clean. Theoretical physicists say that there is as many as 12 hyperdimensions. Here are just three of them. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Conspiracy Unlimited. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, here's an extra one. Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, how about one more? Conspiracy Unlimited. And the great thing is we have six hyperdimensions left. Conspiracy Unlimited. Five. Dr. Michael Bustler is here. What effect long-term will this have on China? Um, well, it'll have a negative impact on it. So um, the, the uh, balance of trade will shift now, but at least between the U.S. and, and uh, China, and we'll start to see uh, U.S. companies buying less uh, China goods. You'll probably see China buying more of the U.S. goods. Now, when that happens, um, it weakens financially uh, uh, China. And with companies pulling out of China, too, that will tend to slow down their production. Um, again, we're not 100% sure of the accuracy of the figures, but they claim up until this year they've been growing at a 10% annual rate. Now, they said because of the trade war, that rate has been cut in half. Um, privately, some um, academics I speak with, with some knowledge, think China's actually in a recession uh, now. So, so um, China won't be able to sustain that high level of growth with U.S. companies starting to uh, back out. And when that happens, they won't have as much money to spread their uh, influence around the world. So I say all of this will have a negative impact on China's ability to uh, spread the money around. Has it also perhaps exposed a crack in the Chinese regime? You know, that's a very interesting question. Um, China is a totalitarian regime. The uh, premier is in there for life. Um, and I have a lot of colleagues who, who were uh, from China and they tell me some of the difficulties there. Why do the people put up with it? Because they've been so prosperous that the uh, government says, look, look at everything we're giving everybody. And they went along with it. Now, if their economy slows down and they're not so prosperous, you're going to start to see, I think, a little bit of rebellion. It usually starts with the younger people uh, seeing how their parents were forced to live and also now seeing on the Internet how Americans and uh, others in the Western world live. You know, they're going to start to, to say maybe this uh, totalitarian government is not the best way to, to go. So uh, there will be some cracks. I don't know if we'll get as bad as it did in 1984 with Tiananmen Square. And I'm not sure how the government would react to some of this. Usually they're very uh, heavy handed. But your original question is there are cracks. And I would have to agree with that, that yes, there are cracks. 
How do you view the criticism being leveled at uh, the Trump administration? Lack of funding, $2.1 billion, I guess, for for the war on coronavirus. And predictably, I suppose, Senator Schumer saying it's it's not enough. Trump retorted, well, if I had given more, he would have said it was too much. You can't win. (laughs) Your thoughts on on the amount, the the dollar amount? Yeah, well, the the Trump administration um, feels, based on the way they've been treated in the last three years, um, almost no matter what they say, uh, the opposition will come back to, with something negative. You know, the the joke uh, the Republicans have is, you know, if President Trump uh, came up with a cure for cancer, they'd get on him about uh, putting all the oncologists on the unemployment line. Uh, so <laughs> just about anything that he does, um, you're going to end up with negative comments. Uh, look, look, he's he's a business person. Uh, he understands that you have to spend money to do things, but you don't have to spend more money than than you should. So he thought modestly, let's start with a $2.5 billion request based on what his advisors tell him is the likely scenario for this. That should be sufficient. However, as he said, if Congress wants him to spend $8.5 billion instead of $2.5 billion, um, he'd be... Uh, okay with that. But as a business person, you don't like to spend any more money than than you have to. And so far, we're just on preparation. Now, if it turns out to be something more serious and we do need some uh, funding, it only takes a couple days to go back and ask for uh, some more. The president also has some emergency funding he can use uh, for things like this. But uh, we have a huge deficit problem as it is. This is certainly no time to worry about that. But there's no sense spending extra billion dollars or six billion dollars that that you may not may not have to spend. Uh, on the other hand, his his emphasis on border security, uh, one could argue, uh, uh, you know, his 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 policy on trade with China, really, yep. I think, serves to underscore or or perhaps validate what what he's been trying to do. I mean, he, he wasn't necessarily doing those things in anticipation of coronavirus. Uh, b- right. B- your thoughts on that? Well, it's certainly a good thing. Um, before he stemmed the tide of illegal immigration coming uh, out of Mexico, and he's done a great job in stemming that, we were having the, uh, hundreds of thousands of people just walking in, and we had a catch and release program. So they walked in, they got caught, and they got released and said, come back in two or three years. You know, 92% of them never came back. So we essentially had an open border. Well, if this coronavirus hit somebody in Mexico and in those close um, quarters where they're walking together and breathing on each other constantly and they come in into the country, we could have had a real, a real serious problem. So you're right. He didn't do it to anticipate something like this. But you have to look back on it and say, boy, I'm glad he did it. You know, um, uh, as soon as this started, uh, President Trump uh, made the airlines cancel all flights from China coming into the country. Now, the Democrats criticized him for that, but it turns out that was a pretty smart thing to do, and that's tended to minimize some of the um, effects of this. So I, I believe, and uh, I'm, I'm a Trump supporter, um, but I believe he's doing the right thing and he's finding the, the right mix between being prepared. Uh, and being very cautious and not going hog wild and start panicking and having the stock market crash. Uh, the uh, Director General of the World Health Organization, 
um, yeah. they've been also leveling criticism and uh, talk about the uh, the uh, the kettle calling the pot black. I mean, this is one of the most corrupt yeah. uh, exactly. organizations in the United Nations. Talk to me a little bit about the failure of the WHO in this instance. So what they should have done is gone to Americans, especially our Centers for Disease Control, who are experts at handling this, and said to them, and they are doing it somewhat, but said to them, uh, look, help us so this doesn't turn into a pandemic. The worst places are China and Iran. Had China let the, the CDC in there when this started, this would have never gotten to this. Our CDC knows how to handle these things. <clears throat> but for political reasons, the Chinese government would not let the CDC in. In fact, some Wall Street Journal reporters who were starting to report what's happening got kicked out of China because they were reporting accurately um, what, what happened. Same thing with Iran. There's now some cases in Iran. They're not equipped to handle this. This could turn out to, to be a real epidemic in Iran very quickly. Again, for political reasons, they're not going to talk with our CDC, and they're certainly not going to let us uh, get in there to, to help them. So it's going to end up being a bad situation there. And in those Middle Eastern countries, they travel between countries frequently, um, both uh, for trade purposes and just people interacting with, with people. Well, if the virus turns out to be something big in Iran, it could spread to all of the Middle East there. Now, other countries who are friendly with will let our CDC come in there and help them. But before it gets to that point, if Iran would let us in there to contain this, um, it wouldn't grow any further than it already has. Finally, Dr. Bustler, is coronavirus yeah. or COVID-19, is it, is it with us? Is it here to stay? In other words, every cold and flu season, we're going to have some variant of COVID-19 as well. Um, it's certainly possible. I think we'd have uh, defer that question to a medical professional. But even if it does end up staying here for some time, by this time next year <clears throat> or shortly thereafter, we'll have a vaccine for it. So if it looks like it's going to be here, you'll be able to get vaccinated against it, and we won't have to worry about it again. Dr. Bustler, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Okay, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'll be back on the other side with a few details on an upcoming episode. If you want to support my work here at Strange Planet, please consider becoming an official donor. It's easy. Just go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. There are several donation tiers to choose from, from a dollar per month to $50 a month. New donors at the $10, $20, and $50 per month tier receive a free mug from my Strange Planet shop. Donors in the $20 tier also have their names appear on a crawl during the YouTube live stream of my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show. And donors in the $50 tier receive a special on-air thank you on my radio program. Whatever you give, your support helps keep my radio program and this podcast going. Help me pursue the truth wherever it leads. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Thank you and God bless. Coming up next time on Conspiracy Unlimited, best-selling crime writer Alan Warren 
discusses doomsday cults, the devil's hostages. He's one of those guys that had it, and I don't know what it is, because even now, like when you talk to some of the people that are survivors of that, they still live to follow him. They still believe in everything that happened. And I'm not saying how the government handled that whole situation was right. There's there's a lot of issues with Janet Reno and the ATF, and the, the whole situation is bad all the way around. But just how they, they can live through all of this and come out of it and are still waiting for him to return. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.